Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, good morning. Hope that you are enjoying your drive to work. Uh, this is the Gospel for Life. We have been talking about uh, the public worship of God the last couple broadcasts. There's been this really great article from Banner of Truth called Public Worship is to be Preferred Over Private. And basically, Warren Peel, the author of this blog post, said that public worship, public worship is the thing that Satan attacks most. And now, since we've kind of talked about the the introduction of the article, we're now going to get into the the meat of his argument. Now, he basically took this from a uh, sermon by a guy named David Clarkson. He was a a Puritan, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, writing in the Mm -hmm. 1600s. Right, and his sermon was like 46 pages long. Was that just one sermon? (laughs) That's the way the Puritans were, you know? You know, they didn't have three points. They had, uh, they may have had three points, but they had 18 ten sub-points. sub-points. Yeah. Ah, for the good old days. Yes, yes. So he makes, so now here's the meat of his argument. So why is public worship to be preferred over private? He gives 12 reasons, and we're just going to see how many we can get through. Here's the first reason. Why is public worship to be preferred over private? Because... The Lord is more glorified by public worship than private. And he says, God is glorified by us when we acknowledge that he is glorious, and he is most glorified when this acknowledgement is most public. Hmm. Why, I mean, are, you, why th- are you texting on your phone? I'm, like, I'm talking, and this, what I'm saying is really important. I'm reading his <laughs> sermon. <laughs> <laughs> And I was 45 pages in. Yeah. <laughs> Think of about it as, as far as like a wedding. Um, you elope, it doesn't make the wedding any less a wedding ceremony. But the private nature of it takes away from some of, if you will, the glory of the moment and the glory of the day. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for you to publicly declare your love for that other individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think there is a, a sense that weddings done in God's house um, also bring glory to God because it's supposed to be a picture of the relationship of Jesus with his bride. But that aside, um, in a mm-hmm. wedding ceremony, this was my opportunity to say to the world, this is the person that is the most precious to me, that I love more than anyone else, and I'm committed to her for my entire life. It's a public declaration of my love. Mm-hmm. And worship is that same way in the fact that you're publicly declaring the, right. the worthiness, the glory of God to anybody that wants to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, every, every young couple that I counsel for my pre-wedding 
counseling, I like to tell them that uh, when just the two of you are alone and the lights are low, the easiest words in the world are, I love you. But when you stand up in front of a bunch of people at church with all the lights on, now all of a sudden, I love you takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. takes on a public meaning. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right, uh, Russ, uh, much more glorious. And to, to bear witness, to, to bear public witness, there's, there's something about, you know, Jesus said, if, if you acknowledge me before men, I, w- I, will, I will acknowledge you before my Father in, in, in heaven. Yeah. If you do not acknowledge me before men, I will not acknowledge you yeah. before my Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the public proclamation of the glory of God. Well, this is why the, this is why the church exists. Yes. In First Corinthians one, Paul says to the church of God that is in Corinth, and then he says, together all those saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. The reason why the church exists is precisely to draw attention yes. to God. Mm-hmm. And to say, well, p- private worship is just as valuable as public worship, you're arguing with the scripture at that point. Well, Psalm 96, I think, is a great psalm to help with this. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Skipping a couple of verses, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Yes. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. This is mm-hmm. a universal call not to private worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a universal call to public worship that declares the glory of God to the nations. That's right. Um and you just can't have that same outcome yeah. with private worship. And, and we should privately worship him, as you For said sure. before. But the question is, is how is he honored and glorified more? Mm-hmm. The second point. So the question is, is how is God, uh, why is, is public worship to be preferred over private worship? The second point in this article is that there is more of the Lord's presence in public worship than in private he is present with his people in the use of public worship in a special way, more effectually, constantly, and immediately. Well, more not in a quantitative state because the Lord inhabits the whole earth. The Lord uh, dwells with his people. You know, we we come into we we come into ch- church. Oftentimes, we will um, hear a prayer of invocation, like we're inviting God to join us. But God is already present there. So, in not in a not in a um, quantitative way, but there's in a, a, qua- in a there's covenantal a qual- way. Yeah, there's a there's a quality to it that is different. You know, where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. There's a kind of a, a sense of a qualitative difference. You know, in terms of that worship, mm-hmm. he manifests himself to us in public worship. I was uh, praying one time over our congregation, and I and it was a invitation prayer, and I basically prayed that I said, Lord, please let your presence rest on your people. And somebody came up to me afterward and said, well, wait a second, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere present. Why would you pray for God to be more present? And and I simply answered kind of like what you just said, Pastor Jonathan, that 
Yes, it's true that God is omnipresent, but Scripture is is clear in many places that God manifests Himself mm-hmm. in a special way. Yes, uh, that doesn't degrade His omnipresence, but it actually it helps us to to sense more mm-hmm. of His presence. And that's the, the you you quoted Jesus mm-hmm. whenever whenever two or three are gathered in My name, that's public worship. Right. There I am in their midst in a special way, or the Great Commission. Go baptize, make disciples, and I will be with you to the end of the age. In in what actions? In the actions of discipling and making and, and baptizing. Yeah, let me let me read one more scripture on that same theme. This is a very brief psalm, Psalm one thirty three. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar. Of his robes, it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there, the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There, there, the Lord has commanded the blessing. What is what is there? It's when people come together in when when the people of God come together in fellowship. Amen. And the and it's like the anointing, which means the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's like the the oil running down the beard of Aaron. There the Lord commanded. Where where does the Lord command blessing? When we come together in, in unity and, and in worship. When you turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 2 begins, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. And at the end of chapter 1, it says that the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that there is a presence of God in his church that is different than the presence that you have outside of church mm-hmm. that is so hard to understand because we want to flatten this out and say, well, God's presence is everywhere. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. It is. Right. But there is a sense where God has given a special pledge of his presence to the corporate body that he has not given to the individual. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a manifestation of his presence. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we have this in verse 16. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst. He's talking about being separate from the unclean, that I will be a father to you. You shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. He's promising a dwelling and abiding with the people of God as the temple of God. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, we, he uses the plural there, not just the individual. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, our bodies are the temple of the living God, but Together, we are a temple together, which mm-hmm. is where he manifests his presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, you guys ready for one more before? All right, one more before we finish for today. Um, so why is public worship to be preferred over private? There is more spiritual advantage in the use of public worship. Whatever spiritual benefit is to be found in private duties that and much more may be expected from public worship when rightly used. What do you guys think he well, means by that? 
Well, there's, you know, Ephesians talks about, uh, you know, when we come together, we speak to one another with uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We, we're building one another up. So there's, a, there's an advantage there because we're communicating, there's a communication of one another in worship that builds and encourages one another through that process. Mm-hmm. Great point. Well, yeah, and uh, no, I can't point to a specific verse for this. This is just my own experience, and I'm willing to conjecture that it, it's a common experience. Um, I love my personal worship. I, I, I love my personal quiet time with the Lord, and I'll be very honest, my, my mind tends to wander like a lost cat. I, I, I love personal worship. I, I, it's a precious time to me every day. But there's something about the discipline of being together mm-hmm. in public worship where there's an order of worship that's been planned in advance, and we are all together sharing the same journey. And, and worship is to be gospel-shaped. It, 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 it's a review of the gospel every Sunday morning. And there's, there's just something about taking that journey together that we're all be, we are all being shepherded together that has a, an extra blessing and benefit. I would just say that there's a we sometimes go in Psalm 73. The psalmist is wrestling with all of these hard questions that he couldn't understand on his own, and then he goes to the God's house, and it becomes clear to him. And I think there are just things that we can't do on our own, and we get insight and help in the midst of our our family that we we don't outside of church. Mm-hmm. Amen. We've well, been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 